0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again, 24s podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I don't know why I've been in the, uh, the Nirvana mood. I don't know. I, I just pause the music for like a couple of seconds. Just went, I just like a couple of days ago went into my car and I have all these CDs of all of these, um you know, these albums that I used to listen to in college, I used to have to constantly drive home for the weekends in college, when I was in college for a reason that I may or may not get into later on. But it was like a three hour drive. And I remember just having nothing to do on that three hour long, really, it was four hour long drive. So I was just like, let me get some music. Let me sing along. Let me rap along. And I remember there were so many different albums that played into just my entertainment during that three and a half hour long drive. And one of those was Nirvana's Nirvana and I freaking bumped. Obviously, uh, everybody, I, everybody loves Smells Like Teen Spirit, but I loved Heart State Box, which is why I played it for you last night as the opening song. And then another ob- absolute banger. When you go years without listening to Nirvana, it's just, it's this weird, you know, uh, rediscovery of just genius once again. And that's like what I just experienced like a couple of days ago where I was just like, oh my god, is really good on Bob's My Music, please. So we're gonna get started. Once again, we're gonna kind of conclude. I think Malik Willis is going to play in the um the senior bowl this week. Or not this week, but this year, because he is obviously a senior at Liberty. We'll talk about him. I saw him versus Eastern Michigan. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about, we'll kind of just put a nice little pretty bow on this weekend and last week's football games, as well as, I mean, I already wrote off for dead some of the football teams that we're going to be talking about here today, specifically the Cleveland Browns, um, the Carolina Panthers. And we'll be also having a nice little conversation about um, whether or not Detroit should be excited about beating the arizona cardinals even though the arizona cardinals are a great football team it's just like hey you could miss out on one of the best pass rushes in the last couple of years we got a great one coming up for you ladies and gentlemen right here on 24's podcast also just watching a <clears throat> a uh, a Kurt Cobain documentary jesus christ so depressing it's like i don't know why but i've seen like i don't i don't want to watch the juice world documentary you know i saw the little peep documentary i saw the kurt cobain documentary i saw him and his wife being high on heroin while she was pregnant it was like one of the most depressing things i've ever seen in my entire life It's just like you learn his situation with his family where it was like he had wanted a family, like a, like a, just a regular old family life. And then it's just like his mom didn't necessarily give it to him. Nobody had patience for him when he was a kid. Like he went from his mom's house. His mom was like, I can't deal with him. So then he moved in with his dad. His dad got remarried after telling him that he wasn't going to get remarried. And then Uh, His dad, his stepmom was like, I don't have any patience for him. Like, she just smiled as she was just like, I don't have any. Yeah, I think it's my fault because I didn't have any patience for him. And then, like, for a year, it was, he went from essentially every single family member in his freaking town instead of either one of his parents taking responsibility for their child. So annoying. So annoying to watch. I was just like, just love him. God, man. He would still, I I don't know, I don't want to say that. I I was about to say he would still be here if they had, if they had, I don't know, loved him as a kid, I guess. I don't know. It's just so sad because you could obviously see that that's, like, him moving around from family member to family member obviously contributed to his declining mental health and his kind of, like, um, his entry into drug addiction it's just so freaking annoying sometimes. Apparently when it's... Like, it, the documentary... The documentary was two and a half hours long almost. I felt like it could have been an hour long, I'm not going to lie to you. And I felt like there were times where the documentary could have gone harder in the paint on some of the people around Kurt Cobain. Like... I mean, and, and they kind of did, like, Courtney Love, his wife, was like, I did, only, I, I did heroin for, like, a couple of weeks while I was pregnant, and then I got off of it. And then it's just like, well, that's not true, because your daughter was taken from you literally as she was born, because she was addicted to heroin. And it's just like, it kind of covers it for, like, a hot minute, but I don't know Courtney Love that much, but it was just, like, the family members as well, like, there was, like, brief dialogue with them. I felt like they definitely could have freaking went in hard on them. I'm not going to lie to you, but they didn't. Some of the transitions were like, okay, you had to be like a Nirvana fan. I'll say this. You had to be a Nirvana fan to watch the documentary. I, I wouldn't, it's an HBO documentary. Had to be a Nirvana fan to watch it. But if you're not a Nirvana fan, you won't know what's going on for like a good three fourths of it. Cause they're just like, cause there was so much just foreshadowing. They played some of the, uh, the music in different ways and things of that nature. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was all right. It was all right. I just wish that they had kind of gone harder in the paint on some of the people that were around him, especially because they themselves in the documentary had alluded to it. They were like, yeah, you know, we kind of let him down because, um, we constantly kept on moving him from place to place he even has a song about it about it i always get nirvana songs mixed up i think it's sliver where he's like mom and dad went to a show drop me off at grandpa joe's and then the guitar kicks in grandma take yeah it is Grandma grandma take me home grandma take me home grandma take me home grandma take me home had to eat my dinner there, mashed potatoes and stuff like that. I couldn't chew My it like, it was awesome. Awesome show, or not awesome uh, show, but <clears throat> awesome song. Anyways, I'm just saying. Yeah, like literally, Sliver is literally like, it's a perfect, it's a perfect. I gotta talk about this. Literally, a perfect example of what I'm talking about, where he's just like, he he's literally saying like, I don't want to go to my grandparents' house, I want to stay with my parents, and then he like goes on this, I think three or two minute long song where he's just like, what is it, where he's like talking about how, uh, where he's like, Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. He uh, he doesn't want to be at his grandmother's house. And then he's just like, like, after dinner, I had ice cream. I fell asleep and watched TV. I woke up in my mother's arms. And then he goes back into the the chorus where he says, Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. I want to be alone. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good song. I don't know. It's just, it's like watching the little peep documentary a little bit. where it's just like, Oh, people let him down. Like, you know, little peep died. He didn't take his own life. He died. Kurt Cobain took his own life, but you could tell in both cases, people around him, people around both of them had let them down like severely. And I'm not going to put that on people's conscience and saying like, Hey, if people had done something different, they probably would have still been there. But you know, I'm like I'm. I'll just say this: it definitely, what a lot of people did around both of those two young men, because they were like still. I mean, like Kurt Cobain. No, Kurt Cobain was older than uh, than I was when he died. He was like thirty, but Little People was like nineteen when he died. God. Oh my God! Never know what people are going through. It's why you kind of should not be. An asshole, I guess. I don't know. Like I kind of debated on freaking giving out advice. I guess I don't know. It's just freaking. And I was also like, I was looking around today for like Nirvana vinyl, and it was kind of because I'm one of those people that loves vinyl. If you have not listened to a bajillion of my um, like all of my podcasts where I just literally just won't shut up about vinyl, it's just like yeah, I. I love vinyl. I just got the pretty Reckless's newest record or not newest record, but one of their oldest records. Um, but what was it? It was going to hell the other day. Super excited about it. It was just one of those things where it was just like, I just don't understand, like, like, no, 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 not, not don't understand it. But I was just like, I completely forgot about like Nirvana, I guess, because I hadn't listened to it in years, and now I just, like, have spent the last, like, three or four days just, like, listening, and then Post Malone had a really, really awesome concert as well, I don't know, anyways, uh, enough of that about Nirvana and, you know, Kurt Cobain and even Lil Peep as well, because he was kind of in a similar situation as well, um, really bad way to, tra- <laughs> really bad way to transition from Lil Peep and Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, but I'll try let's talk about football now where should I begin where should I end I, I got a lot of stuff got a lot of stuff let's first start off with this I was watching the NFL films YouTube channel or the NFL uh, U- official YouTube channel and they always on Wednesday Wednesday excuse me come out with a mic'd up video of the previous games weeks, we uh, previous weeks, excuse me, games, and it's essentially a collage, it's kind of a mess of all of the games mic'd up portions, they try to do too much, and they essentially, by trying to do too much, do too little, but there was one portion at the beginning where Tua was mic'd up. And I was watching Tua play against the Jets, one of his worst games, but I always say you gotta win games in January and December. It doesn't matter when, where, or how, or why. It's just you gotta win. It doesn't matter how to win. Played one of his worst games at home. And won against kind of a resurging awesome Jets team that had really that had really done a great job. And Zach Wilson had really kind of came out and had played a really, really awesome game, and it almost won the game against the Dolphins' many, many mistakes kind of like rooted into a tag of Iloa. Tua had a pick. He had two picks. He had a pick six. It's terrible. But he found a way to win despite, obviously, the many, many mistakes. And it kind of th- brought me back about a month ago when I started to see the Dolphins like win games like week after week after week, stack up those weeks, continue, not weeks, but wins, stack up those wins over a consistent amount of weeks. And at first I, I thought if you asked me in October, hey 24, what do you think about the Dolphins? I would have been like, oh they're they're a non-playoff team. They're probably going to move off of Tua and be confident about him. And then this week it's, you know, a couple months later you're like, hmm. Tua's Tua's playing better than a lot of the rookie quarterbacks that came into the league in the last couple of years. He's going to take some time to get going, but the Dolphins are a little bit of a mess right now, but he has been playing really, really awesome despite everything that's been going on around him. And I thought to myself, I was just like, you know, and I thought this for the last couple of weeks, I was just like, I'm not going to say that you don't still try and go after Deshaun Watson, but if you don't, you still feel great about Tua. And let's say you are a team like Detroit and we'll, Transition in Detroit after I talk about Tua. If you're a team like Detroit, you're very excited about Tua Tagovailoa. You're very excited. You're just very excited about the prospect of actually being able to get him, especially because he seems to be, hold on. I'm watching a Scarce video and I just saw somebody contacting customer support I just saw, like, a terrible video on YouTube. I apologize. I'm watching something as I'm talking to you, so it kind of screws with my mind. I apologize. Anyways, going back to Tua. Sorry about that. If you do get Tua as Detroit, you're very, very confident because he's going to be a year three player. And I keep saying this. I'm like, I keep saying this. You're Detroit! Go after Tua! Like, blows my mind. I'm just like, like, why aren't you actively in you know, phone calls and saying, hey, we we know that the trade deadline is over with. We're just putting, we're, I, j- do you have my number? Uh, GM for the Dolphins, do you have my, I'm, I'm Brad Holmes now. Do you have my number? Brad Holmes, GM of the of the Detroit Lions, do you have my number? I'm on speed dial. i put it on speed dial because when you make that phone call to the Texans and you trade for Deshaun Watson, we're going to be sitting ready and we're going to be ready to go, okay? We're going to be ready. We're going to be, you know, waiting. We have your, we have your number. We just want to make sure you have ours because we're going to trade for Tua if you trade for Deshaun Watson. It's just that
1: simple.
0: Just that simple. And it was just one of those things that Detroit kind of is too short-minded and things of that nature to maybe even consider that. But I'm just like, yes, if you are the Detroit Lions and if you aren't honest to God considering Tua Tagovailoa, I, I, I don't know what you're doing. And I think they are. I think they are, but I don't think that they've connected the dots for some weird reason. I don't know why, but I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm like, hey, two is there. If you want them, you can go get them potentially within the next year. So it is what it is. Okay. Transitioning off of two up, let's talk about the Detroit Lions because Detroit They've been, you know, one of the more interesting teams in the last couple of days, right? Not weeks, but just days. They beat the number one seed in the conference on Sunday. Let me unplug my computer. Upsets happen all the time in the NFL, folks. They happen, you know, on a weekly basis. Weird things happen. I don't know why. This sport does it to me like this, but sometimes it does. It sometimes turns itself over on its head, and it's sometimes it's just one of the most ridiculous things you'll experience. It's just like, how does this team happen? How does the worst team in the NFL beat the best? I don't know. It happens in movies and apparently in real life as well. But Detroit beat the Cardinals, and all I've heard for like, and I've been I've been waiting, waiting. I've been very patient, I've been waiting for the last couple of days to be able to talk about and to express my disgust with the Detroit Lions media because they have gone and lost their minds. We will begin with, just simply put, the draft position of the Detroit Lions. Now, a lot of people want to comment and they want to tell me, "Well, 24. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I don't care about our draft position. We could be anywhere. We could be here, we could be there. We could be in the top 10. We could be all we want is wins. And all I've heard for like the last couple of weeks is, well, wins, wins in the regular season in 2021, they translate to the regular season in 2022. Because you're teaching your team how to win. That's what people have been telling me for the last couple of days. And I I am so tired of it. Because it's just like, I get it. I get it. People are high. People are happy. People are excited. I don't like to kill people's buzz because, especially Detroit, because they have none. But um, I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm going to have to do it because... It's time to bring yourself back to reality. It's time to start stop saying the most ridiculous things ever. Let's get started with um, with Woodard Sports and then we will continue from there. A little bit it's a, a bit of a long clip. Okay. But I'll bump we, it we, here and it's, it's a long or the break you clip. Clip, excuse here. me, here we go.
1: I think it's a really interesting point is,
0: I think for the first time, I can remember in a long time you feel comfortable no matter where you're picking as a Detroit Lions fan because you have this trust with Brad Holmes. Why? Because you're one he delivered. I'm on bro. Jefferson went healthy. Barnes Sul, the lineman like this is you see it. It's there. So I don't see the fuss and while they cost their No, really? Does it matter? Corey? I don't see the difference between picking at one the, the line, Look, look, look. Okay. So before I let him go. He says he doesn't see the difference between picking out one and five. Let me show you the difference. Let me show you. Cool thing about, you know, the 21st century is that we can actually have a simulation here. Let me go to uh, Pro Football Network. Pro Football Network. We can use their mock draft. I like their mock draft. I think it's a pretty smart mock draft. I think that it won't give you a bunch of weird picks. I like it a lot. Um, let me, I don't know who's drafting top five, but let's just, you know what, let's not even pick a team. Let's just show you what happens. So Jacksonville at this point, Jacksonville at this point in the regular season has the first overall pick with this, they'll probably take KV on Thibodeau or Evan Neal or Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, they took Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, number two is Detroit. They took on Thibodeau. We'll just swap whoever. We'll just say that that's not Detroit. We'll just say Detroit is drafting sixth overall. Okay, we'll just say that. Okay, so two of the top players are off the board like that. Uh, number three is the Texans. They took the one of the best corners in the draft, and Andrew Booth Jr. Not like stoked on it. Take a freaking offensive lineman. You have no offensive line. And then what? This doesn't make any sense. Okay, nope. They took a corner, the corner out of uh, Florida. I'm like, nope, incorrect. Restart. <laughs> I'm like, restart, restart. I'm like, you took Kyir Alam? I'm like, nope, that's incorrect. Restart it. Okay, boom. This is what I'm. This is the draft that I'm talking about. Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton. I'm not in love with the Kyle Hamilton pick at number three overall, but let's continue. At four, you have KV on Thibodeau, he goes to the Jets, and then at five, boom, Matt Corral, joke, at five, we'll roll with this, I think this is bad, I think Matt Corral is way too freaking high, but we can roll with this, we can use this, so let's examine, and you know what, let's not even leave this up to the simulator, you know, I know, I know I'm being a little bit nitpicky here because I want things to fall, and I should have just done this myself, okay, here's how it's going to go. KV on Thibodeau, we can just, we can do, we'll just do it like how, here's how it will probably go more likely than not. KV on Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, we can do, I like Andrew Booth Jr., boom. And then fifth overall, we can just do, um, I actually like George Carleaf, uh, Carliftis, right? So, the guys that you have here, in the top six now right? If you're Detroit or Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Detroit or excuse me, out of Notre Dame, which the safety out of Notre Dame in my opinion um, is one of the best players in the draft. However, he plays safety. So it doesn't matter because I mean, how many us, how many safety, a good question to ask is how many safeties are impact players in the league? Like one comes to mind and that's Jamal Adams. When he's playing as a box safety and on the line of scrimmage. But like every other safety in the league isn't really an impact player because they're playing so deep and so off that it doesn't even matter because it's just like, yeah, you know, we just we're nowhere involved in the play. We, we can't make a play on the ball at all. And every single team throws the football within 10 to 15 yards. So it doesn't even matter because they're like 30 yards off. How are they supposed to make a play on the ball when you're not attacking downfield? I'm just saying. So Kyle Hamilton is your best pick. You have the guard out of AM, which love guards. Detroit has one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. You're strengthening your strength, which I do like. But it's just like, is that the type of play that you want to make in the top six to get a guard? Like, in my opinion, no, not really. When you already have an awesome offensive line. It would be different if you didn't have like Panay Sewell and Decker and Frank Ragnow. It would be different. It would feel different, but it's just like you guys have enough offensive line pieces. Like you need literally anything else. Matt Corll, who I do not like at all. I don't even think he should be in the top 10 picks at all. Is there don't like him at all. DeMarvin Leo, who I think is a little bit overrated and um, Garrett Wilson is there and the cornerback once again out of Florida is there as well. Like all of these options are really, really bad if you're Detroit because it's you're either going to have to take a quarterback. I don't mind Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis here. More on Malik in a couple of minutes. Malik, Kenny are available. Wouldn't mind this pick at all, but I don't think they'll do it. Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are also there as well. But I don't think they'll do it because I don't think they'll take a quarterback that high because I don't think their board will take, will say to take a quarterback that high. They'll probably take a safety and be like in their first year, why isn't Kyle Hamilton making any plays? He was the fifth overall pick. And it's just like he plays in non impact position, a low impact position. Yeah, you should care about where your draft position is. Ask Dallas. Dallas is like, bro, we're excited to be in the top 10, to be the 10th overall pick. We're not going to get Kyle Pitts, but we can get a corner. They missed out on the corner. They missed out on Patrick Sertan, the best cornerback in the draft, and I called it. I called it. I called it freaking since last year. I said J.C. Horn cannot touch my man, Patrick Sertan. He cannot touch him. I know J.C. Horn is hurt. All the best to him. Hopefully, he has a full recovery. Hopefully, he gets back here into the league and starts kicking a lot of ass. But what did I tell you last year? I was so juiced up about Patrick Sertan, and everybody wanted to tell me that J.C. Horn can freaking play multiple positions. And I said, I don't care. He can't play the one position that Patrick Sertan plays as good as Patrick Sertan. I was so juiced up about Patrick Sertan. Should have been a pro bowler as well. Who is the pro bowl I I got... I I I know we're I know we're, all, we're I know we're focusing on Detroit. their top five picks. We're talking about you know why it's important to be a top five player. Let me just who is over Patrick Sertan right now? He's like an All Pro player. Are you people insane? Who is it? I'm like if it's not who is it? Who is it? It's J C Jackson, Xavier Howard, Denzel. He's better. He's played better than Xavier Howard. He's played better than Denzel Ward. He's played better than Kenny Moore. But he's a rookie, 24. He's a rookie. He can't be a pro bowler. Shut up. It's one of the best corners in the NFL. Oh my God. What a joke. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry about that. Anyways, back to why it matters to be a top five pick or to have um, a top five player, right? So Dallas, they were interested in getting a corner. Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn should have been Patrick Sertan, and I think it was. And um, instead they get essentially one of the best defensive players in the draft, which was obviously Micah Parsons, okay? It 1,000% matters where you're drafting, as evident by they're not going to get one of the pass rushers that they want. I'm not even this high on Aiden Hutchinson, and I'll just be like, somebody's going to take him in the top five. Not Not that high on him. Somebody's going to take him in the top five. Evan Neal, one of the best players. Andrew Booth Jr. So happy that uh, PFT was just like, yeah, you know. Or PFN, excuse me, Pro Football Network. Pro Football Network was like, yeah, you know, Andrew Booth Jr. Pretty good corner. And I'm like, yeah, he sure is. And then they, look at this. They have Derek Stingley at like the 14th pick. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. He's a risk. Really, he should probably be like a second round draft pick, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um <clears throat> Evan Neal, you know, George Carl uh I cannot say his last name. It's three syllables almost. George Carlofit- Carlofitis. I don't know how to say his last name. It's it's weird. But yeah, but like there's there's options for you in, in when you're in the top 5. When you're out of the top 5, there's really no options for you. I mean more specifically options that um that you're stoked to get. All right? You're not really stoked to get Kenyon Green. You're like quarterback, defensive player, defensive lineman, et cetera, etc. Cetera. Just saying. Continuing forward.
1: Look at what the defense is doing with undrafted free agents. Come on. They're doing this they had ten defensive backs go down this season. Yeah, Be, but whether it's with injury or illness or COVID, Will Harris playing cornerback. I mean, yeah. Had, <laughs> uh. I mean, you got guys like Bobby Price, Jerry Jacobs, um, mm-hmm. A.J. Parker throughout the season. You get you get talent wherever you find it, but they've been doing this with undrafted free agents. You got a guy, Craig, Netflix. Craig Reynolds, Netflix, Netflix. He did good in the preseason. Then they let him go. Well, they put him to the practice squad. Right and then they called him back up when needed. And then he goes out and I got to I want want to say this correctly. I believe he has this for the first two games as a lion, the most the second most rushing yards over in the first two games. I think he's behind um I think he's behind Barry Sims if wow. like I'm not mistaken. So it's like they have guys who can coach. Yeah. Wherever you pick at just just let the chips fall where they may and pick talent. I don't want to hear any excuses because what, what's going to happen if you tank, you get those guys, and you don't get any better? The Detroit Lions cannot turn it on and off. They've never been that, so no. I don't get this idea where you tank and then next year you can turn it on. It don't work like I that. Look at the it, chi-
0: it does. We'll kind of address his two major points, okay? First point, and we'll address his, four, his first point last. The first point was, you can... Uh, look at what the defense is doing. You can win with everybody. With anybody. Second point is, it doesn't work like that. To lose football games and then and to then, uh, to then get a high draft pick and then to win football games the next year. It doesn't work like that. It 1000% works like that. That's the whole NFL. The Cleveland Browns were one of the worst teams in the NFL. They went to the playoffs last year. They're one of the better teams in the NFL. The Cowboys lost 10 games last season they're one of the they're the second team they're the second seed in the nfc about to be the um the the one seed in their division once they clinch it this weekend and then they're going to be competing with the packers for the one seed in the conference if the packers drop a game the cowboys went out they're the one seed in their conference so they go from being a non-playoff team one of the worst teams in the nfl to one of the best teams in the nfl within a year first time the Cowboys have been to the playoffs last three years. Where am I wrong? Where am I wrong? Eagles go from obscure mediocrity with Chip Kelly to Super Bowl champions with Dan Quinn or not Dan Quinn excuse me Doug Peterson. I don't know why I said Dan Dan Quinn. Uh, The Rams went from horribly run dumpster fire of a football team with Jeff Fisher to Super Bowl contenders uh, and one of the best teams in the NFL with Sean McVay. Bengals with Joe Burrow become, you know, one of the better teams in the AFC and not in the AFC North, just in the AFC. This happens all the time. It happens all the time. The notion that you cannot get better within a year to two years and the NFL is ridiculous. In basketball, it's different. In the NFL, you can get better in a couple of years. Again, I always bring up the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy essentially rebuilt the entire defense within one year. He got rid of all of the Jason Garrett guys. He got Jason Garrett, uh, not Jason, Jerry Jones, his blessing to get rid of all of the Jason Garrett guys. And he did. And he's just like, cool. Yeah. Um, let me get all my players. Let me get Micah. Let me get Trevon. Let me get my DC Dan Quinn after having Greg Norman or whatever his name was last year, who was horrifyingly bad. Let me get rid of him. And then let me get in Dan Quinn and he'll fix the defense and we'll be one of the best defenses in the NFL paired with one of the best offenses in the NFL when they're playing accurate and well and things of that nature. And then we're going to be a Super Bowl contender for about half the season and then we'll be one of the best teams in the NFL towards the end of the season. One year. Everybody was like Dallas is a walking piece of mediocrity and they're a joke and then they're not a joke anymore. 10 wins. Three left to go. But that was his first point. It doesn't work. Going from a terrible team to a good team or a great team doesn't work. It does work in the NFL. The first point and the original point was, ladies and gentlemen, if you can remember it, let me play it for you again.
1: Look, look, look Look at what the defense is doing with undrafted free agents. Come on. They're doing this. They had 10 defensive backs go down this season. Yeah. So they're
0: winning games with undrafted free agents. This is, you know, like this is what's, what's that Kendrick Lamar song where he's like, don't smoke my own high or don't set like, don't, I I don't know what it was called. I forgot it, but it just, it reminds me of like that Kendrick Lamar song where he's just like, don't like, don't smoke my high or don't smoke your high or whatever. Or Don't Test My High or whatever it was called. And it's just like, guys, like, I get it. You guys have won one game. One game, by the way. You guys are still one of the worst teams in the AFC, okay? Let's get that one out of the way, quick and easy. I counted. I went back and I counted. I was just like, how many blowouts did they have? Right? This all star stud, stud defense. How many, how many 10 plus, how many 10 point victories did they concede or losses did they have? To me, a blowout is 10 points. Some people are going to be like, well, it would be 18, 20. That very rarely happens. Like, you'll usually have a three point, usually three points is the major difference in a lot of NFL games. Okay. So 10 points, two scores. That's a blowout. Okay. Or the way that's, or that's how I see it. Check this out. They had seven blowouts within that type of a, um within those conditions, right? 10 points or more. 41 to 33, 49ers versus Lions. And really that, that was garbage time. A lot of their points were garbage time points. 35 to 17, Packers versus Lions. 24 to 14 versus the Bears. 34, to, I don't even know what it was against the Bengals. Hold on, let me just peek at it. 34 to 11 against the Bengals, 28 to 18 against the Rams, 44 to 6 against the Eagles, and then 38 to 10 against the Broncos. That's 7 of their 11 losses were blocks. And then also, we can't forget the abominable tie that they had against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they looked like they wanted to lose the football game. have never seen anything that bad before in my entire life. But you're ready to win. You're ready to go in. Next year, you're ready to, uh, to just go in and freaking you know, Just go in and be like, yeah, we can win with undrafted free agents. And it's just like, this is the problem with being in an echo chamber, right? This is the problem with confirming your own biases, okay? What's going to happen next year is that those same undrafted free agents are going to get smoked when teams actually have a year to prepare for you guys, if you're going to roll out those guys next year. And I've said it before. I, I say it again. I'm like, I like what Dan Campbell has done this year with Detroit. But I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not head over heels in love with him. I said I'll give him three years. At the end of the third year, tell me what his record is, and I'll tell you if he should be fired or not. Okay? I said I'll give him three years like that. When he was hired, I'm like, I don't like the hire, but he gets three years. I'm like, I'm starting to warm up to it, but I'm still kind of stone cold on Dan Campbell. I'm not juiced up about the hire. And it's just like way too many people want to, you know, just just jump to conclusions. And I'm just like, where's the, where is the, the freaking, you know, the meat on the meat on the bone? What am I supposed to chew on with his resume? Two and eleven. You guys are getting juiced up on the Cardinals win, bro. If you guys were a playoff, to, and I'm not, I don't want to take too much away from the win. Great win. Again, beat the one seed in the in the whole conference. Beat the one seed in the whole NFL. That's not something to scoff at. That's not something to laugh at. But I'm like, bro, it is one win. Among 11 other horrible, terrible, disgusting, disturbing losses and one abominable tie. Do not get high on your own supply. Word to Biggie Smalls. Do not get high on your own supply. And that's what you know Detroit Lions fans and media are doing and I'm just like I like I've had enough. I've had enough? So yes. Um Detroit man, goodness gracious, be patient. Be patient. And stop saying that you want undrafted free agents to play for you or that you can play because Undrafted free agents performed well. Anybody can have a great game. Can you have a great career? Can you have a great five years? Can you have a great 10 years? I don't see it. Please do not say that you don't want KV on Thibodeau or Evan Neal or one of the corners, Andrew Booth Jr. Don't even talk to me about safeties or linebackers. You guys don't even understand what's going on there. Do not talk to me about those players. Please and thank you. So, anyways... That was, uh, that was the disaster that I wanted to talk about, and I'm so glad that I got that off my chest because, oh my freaking God, did I have to deal with that mess for like the last couple of days. Okay, so let's hit on... What else do I got for you today? Let's hit on Malik, right? One of his final games of the season. I don't believe he is committed to playing... Let me move down my microphone here. I don't believe he is committed to playing or not playing, but, um, but going to the NFL combine yet. And that's just because I think he's a senior. Why? Why am I saying? I think he's a senior. He's a senior and he wants to play probably in the senior bowl. Otherwise, he would have committed to the combine by now. And um, he'll play in the senior bowl and he'll probably tear it up in the senior senior bowl. But he tore it up against Eastern Michigan. I think he had three total touchdowns. I don't have his stats written down in front of me, but there was like, there was a lot of nice tape on Malik Willis against Eastern Michigan. I won't give you every single play-by-play detail he had, and he, they really, really uncorked it for Malik yesterday. Or not yesterday, excuse me, but um, But on, I think it may have been Saturday or Thursday. or I I don't remember when it was. But they let him uncork it. He had like three or four 50 or 60-yard passes. And he was like three for four or three for three, man. Like, it was ridiculous. They let him sling it out there. And it was typical Malik Willis. And he's definitely had some stinkers. He's definitely had some bad games. I'm not saying that he hasn't. But the talent level is there. And the talent level has always been there. I always talk about Malik Willis as this guy that's comfortable in very chaotic situations. When, in it was on full display against Eastern Michigan, where his left tackle had given up a pressure, like had just gotten beaten straight out, straight from the from the snap. The right tackle, the left guard, the right guard, like everybody on his offensive line was getting beat. And I was so happy that they still decided to play like like crap. In the in that ball game, because I'm like, don't play, don't play good just because you're in a ball game. Play like crap, show how bad you are, and then show how much Malik Willis has to compensate for you guys playing so terribly. And that's exactly what happened. And I was so juiced up and excited about it because Malik Willis did Malik Willis things. Scrambled inside the pocket, stayed in the pocket, made throws, stepped up, ran, <clears throat> ran, bought time. And um and and extended plays and also ran for um for positive yardage, made correct decisions. Really didn't make any devastating decisions, and he had like four three touchdowns, something like that. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was one of his better performances in months, and one of the biggest moments in months. It was just an awesome overall football game, and you know he had what was it? A set, like I in my notes. I wrote um one of the first plays of the game was when Eastern Michigan almost sacked Malik Willis because the defensive line went unblocked. Malik's first touchdown, a 50-yard bomb on a skinny post. It's one of those 50 plus yard throws. Malik's 60-yard bomb down the down the left sideline that got eliminated because his wide receiver went out of bounds. There was like a couple of plays like that. There was a couple of plays that I saw where where it was just he just let the ball fly. I was looking at his footwork. I was just like, he's his foot. His footwork is fine. It's great. I want to see multiple different angles of his throwing motion. But I mean, everything looks tight. Everything looks crispy. Everything looks ready to go for the NFL. And I'm very, very excited for him to get what what is pro football network? Where does where do they have him? I'm very excited for him to get into the league. Some people are going to talk to me about his statistics. I'm just like, look at his games. And Malik Willis is like the 31st overall quarterback um, in this year's draft. Or not 31st overall quarterback, 31st overall player. And I'm like, "Mm, bump it up. He's better than Sam Howell. He's better than Matt Corral. So, let's continue forward. How is Sam Howell even up there? He's been terrible all year. Anyways, Malik Willis played awesome. Once again, Shout out to him. He's going to be awesome. What else do I got for you today? Oh, yes. Drew Locke being the probable starter for this weekend's game because Teddy Bridgewater is still concussed. I would just bench Teddy and see what you got with Drew Locke. The, well, maybe not. The, the actual fact of the matter is the Broncos are still kind of in playoff competition. They are tied 7-7 seven and seven with the Raiders, and they are three games out from the Chiefs, two games out from the Chargers, and they could still make it to the playoffs, which is shocking to me. But, um, no, they need a quarterback, and their quarterback play has been off and on for the majority of the season. You know, Drew Locke I have not been a fan of since people said be a pa- be patient with him. Let him play, I think, after the 2019 season when he started for six games. And people were talking about that. And I was just like, I don't care about the six games. Like, find another quarterback. And they have wasted all of this time. Instead of trying to get a quarterback in the draft, they freaking... I don't know what they've done. They've done nothing. It's sat... You know, just sat pat, done nothing. It's been a joke. I don't like it at all. Drew Locke is just, you know, Drew Locke is going to play. He will start, more likely than not. And it's just like, I hope that he plays well for his sake because this is it. Because Teddy has started the entirety of the season. The team believes in Teddy. Vic Vangio believes in Teddy. This is it for Drew Locke. Like, it's just as simple as that. And I, like, either way, if Drew Locke gets to start or Teddy, like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't like either one of them right now. I mean, they're going up against the Raiders, again, talking about the playoff seeding. Both teams, the Broncos and the Raiders, are 7-7. Seven and seven. So, essentially, if you don't win this game as either one of the teams, pack up your shit and go home. Because you are officially eliminated from the playoffs. It's just that simple. Unofficially, officially, officially eliminated from the playoffs or more specifically eliminated from winning your division. That's just the reality of the situation. So Drew Lock's back, he'll play up against the Raiders. Raiders have been sliding a little bit but they also won on Sunday against Cleveland because Cleveland had covid. Um not excited about Drew Lock getting a shot again. I um I've talked about how how freaking I don't like giving guys shots who have essentially not deserved them whatsoever and preventing other guys from getting chances of playing football but you know other people have different opinions let's talk about the Panthers I've talked about Matt rule for the last couple of weeks I've talked about my dislike for Matt rule talked about how I don't think that he is a, um, a good head coach talked about how I don't think that he's ready talked about talked about all that stuff and it's just like Matt Rule. We've already we've already discussed everything that he's done. He's not very good. You know, fired his OC middle of the season. You know, the debacle with the corners, the whole corner position, right? Where they got AJ Boye in the offseason, and then they drafted JC Horn. As well, and then they traded for Stefan Gilmore, and then they also traded for C.J. Henderson, so now they have four corners, four outside corners. Potentially, if, unless, they want to play J.C. Horn inside, as well as Stefan Gilmore inside, then maybe they can do something, unless they want to change one of the corners that they got to maybe be a safety or whatever, or a, co- a coverage safety. I don't know what they want to do or be, but... They have way too many corners on their team, and they're gonna to have to offload one of them in the next couple of years. Like CJ Henderson, Stephon Gilmore, and they have a lot of JC Horn, they have a lot of talent at corner. It's just like, what are you gonna do with all that talent? I don't know. But that whole like process of just like getting four corners, all of them are great, but it's just like you don't need four corners, bro, four outside corners. And then on top of that, you still haven't found one that's good for you yet. I don't like it. Then obviously the issues at quarterback. They haven't bolstered the offensive line. I always talk about how they could have had Rashawn Slater over J.C. Horn even though they traded for all those corners, I'm like, why don't you just get an offensive lineman? Your offensive lineman sucks. And you knew how bad your offensive line was, and you still refused to get an offensive lineman, not to mention a quarterback. It's like you knew you had both problems on your ledger, and you still refused to get them solved. Somebody say why he's a, tell me why he's a good head coach, and I will give you like eight reasons why he's not. For every one reason you tell me why he's a good head coach, I will give you eight reasons why he's not starting with his record. What's his record this season? What is it? 5 and 9. He's out of the playoffs. He plays against Tampa twice in the next 3 weeks and then he goes on next in 2 weeks to go up against the Saints. It's Bucks, Saints, Bucks. Where's the win? They could go 5 and 12 at the end of the season, which is a joke. His team is way too freaking good. And before anyone tells me about Christian McCaffrey being hurt, I have three simple letters for you. I D C. I don't care. Gavin Cook has been out. Josh Jacobs has been out. Ezekiel Elliott has been hurt. Derek Henry has been hurt. Damian Harris was hurt for the Patriots. There's been so many running backs that have been hurt. I mean, we went over it like a couple of days ago. Like all of the top paid running backs have been hurt. Aaron Jones. I mean, I can freaking find it. Boom, here we go. Like Saquon Barkley's been hurt. Uh, Chris Carson has been hurt. Alvin Kamara's been hurt. Nick Chubb, Big Chubb has been hurt. Melvin Gordon's been hurt. All these top running backs have been hurt. Haven't seen anybody else complaining about it. It's only the team that's not a playoff team that's talking about the running back being hurt. And then all these other playoff teams are like, bro, all of our backs are hurt. Dallas has two backs that are hurt right now. Tampa Bay just had to sign Le'Veon Bell because their freaking backs are hurt. Leonard Fournette is hurt. Baltimore, you want to talk about hurt running backs? You want to talk about hurt running backs? Baltimore had J.K. Dobbins and whoever else was behind him, Augusta Bus, Edwards, as well as a multitude and a platitude of different running backs out of hurt. And you want to talk to me about one guy in Chris McCaffrey being hurt when the Carolina Panthers have also had hurt as well? You want to talk to me about hurt running backs? Bitch, please. Talk to me about hurt running backs. I warned you, didn't I? I warned you. What did I say? Don't pay running backs. They play. They pay them. They play. I get confused. I sometimes get the words pay and play confused. Sorry about that. They play the most physical position on the football field. And you are surprised that a hurt running back gets hurt while playing the most violent position on the field. Let me tell you something, man. I got some nice beachfront property. It's super cheap down there in Norman, Oklahoma. We got some nice real estate out there. Let me tell you something. Five and nine is currently what the Carolina Panthers record are, regardless of Christian McCaffrey. Five and 12 is what it could potentially be. And for the third year in a row, Matt Rule will have a top 10 draft pick. Two years ago, it was Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn. A year This year, excuse me, it was J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. Now, next year, are, like, are they going to draft a quarterback? I don't know. Are they going to draft a, a, a offensive lineman? I don't know. I would hope so. But where is the dynamic leader? Where is the awesome you know, uh, head coach for Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. I don't know. I don't know. I remember Jake Tapper said that he picked Matt Rule as the head coach because he's similar to him and he sweats a lot. And I was like, that's not a great reason to freaking have him as your head coach. Like he was sweating during your interview. Why was he sweating so freaking much in your interview? Is that a good reason as I like the head coach? It's a terrible reason. What? You selected a guy as your head coach because he sweats a lot? That makes sense because it's like, oh, that's why you're losing. That's why you guys stink. Drafted a dude? I still can't believe he said that. I drafted, I not drafted, I picked a guy because the brother sweats a lot. Oh, my God. It's like, could you, could you say anything more ridiculous? I don't know. He would have to try. Oh, God. Panthers are a joke. Panthers are done. Um, I don't want to be too presumptuous. And then it's just like, here's the thing, right? You set yourself up for bad position, right? Let's just look at this. Let's think about this critically, right? So let's say I'm Matt Rule. I'm Matt Rule. I'm the head coach now of the Carolina Panthers. I'm going into next season. 24 just called me out. 24 just said, said, I like, I'm I'm about to be fired. I'm about to be Casper the ghost. I'm going to be here, but not really here. So let's say I'm Matt Rule now. Am I going to honestly make a decision that's best for the team or best for my job security next year? Next year, the best thing for him to do is either get a quarterback or an offensive lineman. That's the best thing for them to do. Am I going to do that? Am I going to get an offensive, offensive lineman? Potentially. Am I going to get a quarterback? Probably not, because it's going to take time for that quarterback to develop. Which is time that I could have spent using and getting anyone else. Why would I get a quarterback when I would have to develop that quarterback? And so now it's just like, but let's say he does. Let's say he does get a quarterback because Jake Tapper is like, "Listen, man, we um we tried it your way. We tried we tried Kyle Allen, we tried Sam Darnold, bust. I mean, can we just can we officially say Sam Darnold is a bust?" Can we officially just get it over with? He's a bust. He can't even beat out Cam Newton for the starting job. Who's terrible? Cam's terrible. He's washed. Sam Darnold, bust. Can we just get it over with and just be like, say, oh yeah, Sam Darnold's washed. He's a joke. He's a terrible player. People overlooked him. People overdrafted him. People liked him way too much out of college. People didn't look at his actual games. People just said, oh, he's a USC quarterback with like a margin of talent. He's awesome. He's going to play well. da 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 and then he just freaking sucks and he's been sucking ever since he got into the league. Can we just say that? Sam Donald sucks. And he's a bus. But are they honestly going to draft a quarterback next year? Do you think they are? And again, if they do, do you think that they'll they'll have the uh, the fortitude to be able to be like, you know what? We get it. You have a rookie quarterback and all that good stuff. We get it that you know, you've had kind of a run of bad luck. We don't really care. We're going to still judge you based upon what you've done for the last three years and you're kind of out now. So, uh, Hey, we'll shake your hand. Good luck to you. Uh, the door is that way. We'll have you escorted out of the per, uh, the premises. We'll change the locks. We'll change the keys. We'll give you, we need everything back, but Hey, Matt rule, good luck. Go back to college. We don't need you in the NFL. Do you think they're going to do that next year? After drafting a young player? Or do you even think that they're going to do that after having another bad season? Folks, the Panthers are about to have another non playoff season in the last like three years. And potentially next year, they're going to continue that as well. I'm just saying. You know, it's something to think about. It is something to think about. Panthers are a disgrace. Let's move on to the second disgrace and then, or the final disgrace, and then we will peace out. Oh no, we'll make game day predictions and then we'll peace out. Am I mistaken? Do I have anything else? Oh yeah, we're going to talk about the Titans here as well. And then we'll make our pick. So... I was looking at the Browns the other day. Browns are a mess. Browns are a joke. See, I keep talking about how teams are jokes. They're jokes for different reasons. The, the Panthers are a joke because they shouldn't have hired Matt Rule to begin with. The Browns are a joke. Because they are potentially look, oh yeah, by the way, I got to talk about this. Before I talk about the Browns here, let me plug in my computer, hold on. I just got something on my TV when I was watching the Missouri versus the Army game, the uh, the ball game. And I was watching the game, and then because I was on ESPN, ESPN always has to hit me with the whole with the things at the bottom of my screen that tell me what's going on. They hit me with the the Giants are considering bringing back Daniel Jones for his fourth season, and it's just like his fifth year option will be up, so they can weigh that fifth year option essentially being the um the option to weigh a, a player's fifth year. So essentially, they'll be under contract for five years instead of four years. You can either weigh it or you cannot weigh it depending on it's only for first round draft picks, but you can do whatever you want if you're a football team, but apparently they're thinking of weighing his fifth year option, which I wouldn't right now. I would like what they have until May to get it done, but I'm just like make like get on the horn, get on your phone and start freaking calling Seattle and start making
1: sure that Russell Wilson isn't available this offseason.
0: I just don't understand it. It's just he has made it known that he wants to be traded to the Giants. You are getting lapped by the Eagles. And the Cowboys, you don't have either team's offense. You don't have either team's defense. You don't have a key dynamic player on your defense besides Leonard uh, Williams. You don't have a quarterback to go up against and duel against Jalen Hurts and or Dak Prescott. You have not won a single game against the Dallas Cowboys in six years when Dak Prescott is playing at quarterback. Except for his rookie year when he was a rookie and you still had Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. And you want to tell me, you want to talk to me, talk to me, you want to talk to me about bringing back Daniel Jones next year, doubling down on a mistake that shouldn't have been made to begin with.
1: Okay. Okay. It's
0: like Joe Judge going down with the ship. What's his name? The GM Gettleman going down with the ship everybody's going down with the ship and you know what I'm sitting here as an analyst I'm like I don't get it as a cowboy fan I'm very excited though I am very excited I'm like cool cowboys got essentially two free wins until God knows when I don't know until they just stop being stupid by the by um. Hold on. I'm like I want to, I'm watching Gundam, right? I'm watching Gundam Wing. One of my favorite animes of all time. I think I'm in the third and final act where the series is essentially broken down into three separate acts. The first act is Operation Meteor when the Gundams essentially descend onto Earth. If you don't know the TV show, uh Gundams are gigantic robots that are piloted by humans excuse me operation meteor was a covert mission um directed by the space colonies the space colonies being exactly what they are humans in space that have settled down in these gigantic satellites called the colonies the space colonies Uh, Operation Meteor was essentially a plan by the space colonies to retaliate against Earth, who are their overlords, essentially, because they're persecuting the space colonies. It was a plan by the colonies to essentially stop Earth from being terrible to them, and it backfired royally because um, the Romafeller Feller Foundation, among others, and I won't get into all of the narrative points, but it's just like I'm in the third and final act, of the TV show where it's Queen Relina. Watch it; you'll figure it out who that is. She she essentially becomes the um one of the main characters of the TV show. Essentially becomes a political figure, like essentially a mascot for a political party that essentially owns the planet and the world through Relina Peacecraft. It is such an awesome narrative. And essentially, it just happened. She just became Queen Relina. Earth has essentially, is now underneath her rule, which it's not because she's technically a puppet. And it's about to get real. It's like shit's about to get real. For like the first time, all series, the Gundams are about to essentially form like Voltron where the Gundams are about to freaking, you know, Get back to doing Gundam things. And as I was watching this TV show, I was just like, oh, yeah, I have Gundam 00 and I kind of want to watch it. Kind of want to watch it. But I'm not going to get up to go into my closet where I have, like, all of my TV shows or whatever just to, like, interrupt the flow of the podcast. Even though I just spent the last, like, three or four minutes talking (laughs) talking about Gundams. I don't know, it was a break of pace. Yes. Back to uh back to Daniel Jones, man. God. Again, I liked Daniel Jones going into this season. Oh, man, but it's just like every single time I just watch him play now, I'm just like What what do you what do you want from me? I was wrong. I don't I don't see it anymore. I don't see this awesome football player that can play in, uh, in the big boy league anymore. Is this what I'm looking for? Hold on. I'm on eBay right now, right? Did I get a bootleg? I think I may have. So I got to talk about this. Back in the day, back in the day, right? Yeah, this is probably it. Yeah, this looks it. This looks legit. So, okay, back in the day. hold on. Okay, sorry about that. So, let me continue forward with this.
1: Hold on, let me get my
0: actual copy. Hold on, let me freaking get it. Hold on. It's like I said I wasn't This is for... I have to take a break in the in the podcast. I have to... My mind works like a gerbil. So, I went in my closet and I got both of my boxes of Gundam 00. So, Gundam 00, if you have no idea what it is, it is an awesome anime series that is about uh, Gundams again. It is a... It's like a... It's like a new season, or not a new season, but like a new series of Gundam. Like, Gundam essentially has, like, you don't have to follow Gundam to watch Gundam Double O or Gundam Wing, right? You don't have to watch it. Because essentially every new series or every new season is a new, is like a new story in, like, a new universe in Gundam. So you don't have to, like, watch Gundam Wing to know what's going on in Gundam Double O. When I was in high school... I saw Gundam 00 on YouTube because people would like pirate the uh, the individual seasons and I would watch them for free on YouTube. And then the channels got blocked because obviously they just pirated all that content for free. And I wouldn't have access and I didn't have like Hulu and all these other streaming platforms that had them. Don't judge me. So I went on Amazon and I bought both seasons of Gundam 00 for like 30 bucks a pop. And one came like that, pause on that, one came and was delivered to my house within a couple of days of me purchasing it. The second one literally like was delivered months after I ordered it. It was so weird. It was just like, I had to like contact the seller and I thought that I had bought them from the exact same seller, but I didn't, I bought them from like two different sellers. And I remember like buying it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why, why isn't it here yet? So I had a con, I had to go through Amazon. Amazon was like, Hey, this guy paid you. Where is, where's the freaking product? And then they were like, Oh yeah, we have to deliver it to him. And they did inevitably. And it came in like a different box than the other one. Now I'm like, now I'm super, yeah, it's like, everything is different. It's kind of like, it's kind of, you know how like, you can kind of tell like some stuff is like a bootleg, like this kind of, it's like the packaging is different. Like, I'm not saying that, I'm like, did I buy a bootleg? I think I may have, because, and the reason why I say that. I don't watch the second season of Double O Gundam. And the reason why I don't watch the second season is because the second season... They did something with, like, the graphics or whatever. Not the graphics, but they did something with, like... What's it called? With, um... With, like, the flashes or whatever that are in the TV show. I have no idea why they did this, but, like, every single time a flash occurs... It's like a super, super bright light that flashes. And I remember like having to watch the season instead of like on my TV, on my DVD player, excuse me, on my computer, instead of on my TV because I could, it, I could, I I had to turn down the brightness on my computer screen. But it was like, I got so many headaches watching it. If I was like prone to Caesars, I would've gotten a Caesar by now because of how many flashes were on it. It was ridiculous. And it was just like, I remember I compared and I contrast. I watched the first season comparatively to, like, the second season. And there was, like, obviously there's flashes, but it wasn't, like, almost Caesar-inducing flashes. And then it's just, like, I'm on eBay and I'm, like, looking at the second season, like, somebody's selling it. The packaging is different. It looks exactly like the first season. It didn't come in, like, this black case. But it's like the barcode is the same. Like everything is the same. I don't... Hold on. Okay. Every Like the barcode is, is, is different, right? It has like a different barcode. But I'm just like... Everything looks legit. But I mean it's obviously not. Because it doesn't play the same. And then I like look at eBay and then I... And then I'm like, that's the that looks like the same packaging that the first season was in. The season that I have. Hold on. Let me just check. We will get back to talking about Daniel Jones, but hold on. Season. Hold on. I know that this is like an off-put. Gundam 00. Season 2. Let me see it. Did I get a faulty package? Okay, no. No, 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 no. Because somebody else, it looks like, got a similar packaging, I don't know. Or is this just the place that sells it? I don't know. Apparently this apparently the complete season is worth $85, which is not what I paid at all. Sorry, I'm just like super curious about that. It's just so trippy. Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Sorry about that. Um. Anyways. Like, now I don't know where to put, put this. <laughs> anyways, let's talk about, let's continue the conversation about Daniel Jones. So, Daniel Jones is terrible. I think, I think the Giants should be really, really open and moving off of him and upgrading because they're falling behind in the race to um to essentially the arms race of quarterbacks i mean they're already behind they don't have a quarterback and the cowboys and the eagles already have their quarterbacks and then they're even further behind because they have to rebuild their offensive line they don't have to rebuild their wide receiving core because they have an actual wide receiving core but there's so much stuff that they have to do as like a football team that it that it's just like, bro, you guys got a lot of work to do. So, it's just like, get your quarterback. If you have to give up multiple first round, Listen, if you have to give up, you don't have a lot of capital. If you have to give up your best defensive player, Leonard Williams, then give up Leonard Williams. And the reason why I say give up Leonard Williams is that quietly, like quietly, One of their best, if not their best defensive player in the next couple of years is Aziz Ojolari, who is the pass rusher out of, out of Georgia, who I was super, super, super high on. He was like, to me, he was a first round draft pick. He was like one of the best pass rushers coming out in this year's draft. And I think he has eight sacks after the Cowboys game. And I was just like, yeah, like people misevaluated him. He should have been a first round draft pick. How many sacks does Jalen Phillips have? I think he has like eight or nine, if I'm not mistaken. And what a surprise. The guy that I was also super high on, Jalen Phillips, also has like a bajillion sacks as well. I'm just saying like he has – Jalen Phillips has eight and a half sacks. I think Aziz Ojolari has like eight sacks as well. So they'll both probably be like ten sack players – yeah, Aziz has eight after the Cowboys game. I'm just saying, like, I hit on, like, all of the guys that I've been talking about. Like, I talked about Jalen Phillips. I talked about Aziz Ojolari. I was just like, yeah, all the guys that I've been talking about that are, like, awesome pass rushers, I was just like, yeah, maybe, um, maybe you should pay attention to them. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. Anyways. Um, what, what else was I talking about? I was talking about Daniel Jones and how bad he is and things of that nature. Is that all I have for you when it comes to Daniel Jones? Yeah, Giants need, Giants need to freaking move on. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I got so juiced up because of talking about Baker almost, but, oh my gosh. But it's just, it's just one of those things. My bad. I was playing a video in the background. But it's just like, it's just one of those things. When I look at the Giants, I'm just like, Giants, get a quarterback. Get a quarterback. If you can't get one in the draft, if you have to, like, reach for one, and again, depending on who you are and how you evaluate, I'm like, I like Malik Willis. I would be fine if they took Malik Willis. I like Kenny Pickett. I, I would be fine if they took Kenny. But it's just like, if you're the Giants, just freaking get somebody and go home. You know, will they? I don't know. Browns, though, are in a similar predicament, and I had a similar solution. I'm like, yeah, you know, you guys need a quarterback. You guys are about to kind of be on the cusp of re-signing a quarterback potentially. Why aren't you in the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know, sweepstakes here? Why aren't you trying to trade for either one of them here? I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, like they aren't, and I don't know why either. It literally makes no sense to me. So, we have kind of that going on with the Browns. The Browns are done, more specifically, not because of Baker, but because... Well, it's a little bit because of Baker. I don't believe he can win them, you know, these next couple of games but it's really the schedule when you look at the schedule for the browns this is a perfect encapsulation of it this weekend they go up against the green bay packers on saturday not morning but afternoon for christmas they go up against the green bay packers and it's just like oh you guys are going to get fleeced by the by the packers you guys are on a short week like a stupidly short week. Like, this is like a Thursday night football game for the Browns. They played... No, 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 no. Not like a Thursday night football game because they played on... No, I think it will be. Oh, no, 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 no. You only have four days to prepare. And they have five. Right? Yeah, they played on Monday. They're playing on Saturday. But it's a short week for them. And it's because of COVID. Obviously, they had COVID. But it's a short week. They play, not in Cleveland, but in Lambeau. And it's just like, I don't know if Baker and all the other players have cleared protocols yet. I really don't know. I don't know if, um, I I think Safansky has. I don't really care. Like, you're telling me Baker Mayfield, like, let's say they have everybody. You're telling me Baker Mayfield goes into Green Bay and beats Aaron Rodgers? In Green Bay, I don't like his arm at this point in this year, at this time in this year. I don't like his mobility. Baker is banged up before contracting COVID. And then he has to go into Green Bay and go up against Aaron Rodgers. I don't like that at all. And then they go up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And then they come back home and they face off against the Bengals, who are very much excited to go up against them for the final week of the season. And it's just like, Yeah, you guys guys are probably going to lose your next two of three. And you guys are seven and seven right now. So, nine and what? Nine and eight is what you guys are going to be at the end of the season? Where am I wrong? Tell me where am I wrong. Tell me that they're going to win the majority of their games in the next couple of weeks. Tell me. And then tell me how. I got a whole bunch of reasons why they aren't. Speaking of not winning games in the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about the Titans and then we'll talk about Thursday night football here. So the Tennessee Titans are going up against the um, the San Francisco 49ers tomorrow, technically today on Thursday night football. It's one o'clock in the morning going up against the 49ers today, Thursday night football. I I'm not high on the Titans right now. And if you were to ask me like a couple of weeks ago, "Hey 24, how do you feel about the loss?" Not I keep I keep thinking they're a loss or a san. They are the San Francisco Niners. If you were to ask me like, "Hey, what do I think about the 49ers?" I would have been like, "They're terrible." Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible. He is garbage and then he has kind of played pretty well down the stretch. You asked me, "Hey, like what do you think about the uh the 49ers defense?" I would have been like, "Oh, it's kind of bad." And it's like, you "No, know, it's it's playing better now. Significantly better." And it's just like the 49ers as a whole are very, very well coached. It kind of explains why they've won the last couple of weeks. In the last couple of weeks. It's like, "Oh yeah, because they're very well coached and they have Really, really awesome football players, and they're, you know, they're pretty consistent, despite Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I'm just saying, at the very least. But they go up against the Niners tomorrow, the Titans without Derrick Henry. Julio, I think, is hurt, among other players that are also hurt as well. I think A.J. Brown may be cleared to play tomorrow as well, technically, today. The 49ers are just a mess. Or not the mess. Or not not the 49ers. Titans are just a mess. Oh, sweet Jesus, are they a mess? Titans are a little bit of a disgrace as well. They go from like winning and dominating their division to essentially being stalled out like the Bills. Where the Bills had the conference. They had they had the conference, dude. The conference. And it's just like they not only lose the conference, they lose the one seed in their division and they're vi- and they're trying to like qualify for the playoffs right now. That's the Bills, but then the Titans, they're not as terrible, but they've also kind of had a slump as well. Where it's just like, the Titans are now, I mean, they, like for a week or two, they used to be the one seed in their conference. They have been at like nine wins for like the last couple of weeks. How many, how many weeks have they been out nine wins?
1: I mean, I could just check the standings.
0: They've lost one, but it feels like they've lost more than one, right? I'm not tripping on that. Yeah, like it's on and off. Like they lost they've they've lost and dropped Oh my god. 3 of their last 4. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Only by the way beating the uh the Jags. And so they could have they could have ran away with this division. But they lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Texans. They lost to the Steelers. Oh, God. You stink, Tennessee. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. Then they have like three kind of hard. They have two hard games. They have the Niners, and then they have the Dolphins, and then they have the team that beat them in Texas, the Texans, on January 9th. It's just like, okay, uh, your road to the playoffs, if you guys are going to win one, is way if you guys are going to get to the playoffs is way harder than I thought originally for the Tennessee Titans and then they got the 49ers today
1: oh my god
0: Ah, Tennessee what do you do to me long story short I don't like Tennessee at all. I think the 49ers are a better football team. I think they um I think they are better coached. I think they have better players. Um they're just better. And I think the 49ers not the 49ers. The Tennessee Titans are in a whole heaping mess of trouble. Hold on. This is when Oh yeah, hold on. What, like I'm like where is my freaking like I'm trying to rewind on my TV because the episode I'm on, I think episode 39 of Gundam Wing, where it's just like, where it's just like, hold on, hold on, yeah, where it's just like the new theme song for the second half of the season kicks in, and Katra. Meets with Duo Maxwell, who's, like, one of the main characters of the TV show. And Troa in the exact same episode in space. And then the new Death Scythe, who, like, cloaks in the shadows of space, comes out of... Death Scythe... The Death Scythe Gundam is, like, the Grim Reaper. Like, it literally looks like the Grim Reaper of uh, the Gundams. He actually has an actual Scythe. Right? So... Then the main theme kicks in. Then Duo starts murdering a bunch of people. It's an awesome TV show. Oh my god. Anyways, um, that's the podcast. I'm peacing out. I gotta use the bathroom and I gotta go to sleep. I just got into playing Shovel Knight. That game is like, I love Shovel Knight. It's so fucking easy for it. I don't have any patience for it for some weird reason. I don't know. Just like, I just want to beat it now, but it's just like, it takes so long. I just want everything freaking easy now for some weird reason, unfortunately. um. Anyways, I'm peacing out. I'll see you tomorrow. Technically today, technically this evening. And um, we'll talk about what happened with the 49ers. And specifically with the Tennessee Titans, because I'm... Right now, predicting that the Tennessee Titans lose tonight. Bye-bye.